I was training with the Waratahs under 20s for a little bit, but I didn't get picked up in the final squad there. And uh, the traditional route into professional rugby, I think is, is really changing at the moment. When I was given an opportunity, I just took it and I went all in, didn't matter what it was. How do people at the top of the game do what they do? And what can young players learn from them to help them on their own journey and help them achieve their dreams in the game? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. Welcome to today's episode of the Offfield Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylette, former Irish age grade international, now mindset and performance coach. And if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast episode. And if you're out there and you love this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. That really helps because the more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more the different platforms say, hey, this podcast is helping people, people are enjoying it. Maybe we should show to people who have never heard of it before. And that way the podcast grows organically. Also, you can send the podcast on some friends and I would greatly appreciate that. Hey, hope you're keeping well. Today I'm chatting with Ben O'Donnell who has just signed with the Brumbies. Ben's journey in the game has been unreal, literally chasing opportunities all over the world to now be with the top club in Australia. He talks about going to the States to play collegiate rugby for a bit, taking a pro deal in Spain and playing club rugby and social sevens back home before Andy Friend gave him a shot with the Aussie sevens. We actually recorded this chat about five months ago, but then after Ben was like, uh, I don't think I can say I've signed with the Brumbies yet, so hold off on releasing that. So here we are. It was just announced a couple of days ago. If this is your first time here, check out some of the earlier episodes. I've chatted to other Aussies, Scott Fardy, Jordy Reed, Jack Burt Whistle and Nick Feeks and also former Brumby Rory Murphy. You can follow me on Instagram at offfieldrugby. I share clips from the pod there and also content that will help you with the mental side of rugby. So here's episode number 61 with Ben O'Donnell. Dealing with money can be very stressful and especially with everything that's happening in the world right now and stock markets crashing. If you're not an expert, it can be difficult to know what to do. Sparks Wealth is an Irish financial planner and they are experts when it comes to dealing with finances and helping guide you on what's best for your situation. You can book a free call with Will now at Sparks Wealth on their website, sparkswealth.ie. Recently, a family member of mine did just that and was so happy they did so. They said Will guided them through everything in a simple, easy to understand way, no jargon, and it was a brilliant experience. So that's sparkswealth.ie. So how did you get started playing back in Oz? Um... Well, I was I was always a, a league player when I started. Uh, it was just like where I grew up in Clovelly. We uh, all my mates played for the local rugby league team, the Clovelly Crocodiles. So we all started out there, and then Union really started when I got into high school. 
um, at Waverley College there. And how was that switching over? Um, it was pretty easy, to be honest. Yeah. It's a pretty similar game for those that, that know rugby league and rugby union. Um, yeah, well, it was it was, a, it was a couple of years where I was doing Saturday rugby union, Sunday rugby league. Back then when the body could take all that, no worries. Yeah, it's funny when you're younger, you just recover like that, don't you? Jeez. You, you, you walk in on a Monday and, and you'd be ready to go again. Nowadays, you walk in on a Monday and you'd be barely walking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, so you played throughout high school and then was it right after high school you headed off to Lindawood? Yep. So I finished up school 2013 and then... I was I was training with the Waratahs under twenties for a little bit, but I didn't get picked up in the final squad there. And uh, and it was I don't actually can't even remember how Lindenwood came across the table. It popped. There was a ex. There was a player that I played with from from high school that went over, and I saw he was having a blast. And I think I hit him up, and he got onto the coaches. And within a couple of weeks, me and another fellow Tom that, that you've met we were we were on the plane over that's a nice one and so you were training with the Waratahs like were you involved with 18s or was that kind of your first uh straight straight into the under 20s um we were with them through like through the summer sort of and then so the summer the end end of the year in Australia and um yeah I just didn't get picked up in the final squad so I would have had to go to university in Aussie or this thing popped up and I was like, yep, that's me. Yeah. Just what was the thoughts? Just want to go see, see something different, try something out. Yeah. Well, I, th I think the, the way the rugby season's working, Aussie, I wouldn't have been able to play rugby for at least six months. And I only ended up doing the one semester in Lindenwood. So I thought it was a perfect, perfect time to do it. And then what was the cherry on top was, was Tom actually getting uh the same scholarship as me so we were like yep let's go yeah yeah and there's a bunch of Aussie lads probably when you were there as well were there yeah yeah I actually didn't know I didn't know the guys that were joining but after three months there you would know you'd, you'd be best mates with them yeah yeah and were you playing 10 back then I was 10 yeah how's that it was good I was probably probably a greedy 10 didn't wasn't a great passer, wasn't a great kicker, so I just used to tuck it under and run. Mostly, that's probably why I'm I'm out on the wing now. Yeah. And uh, so, why why did you spend a semester there? Didn't you head off to Spain after it? Yeah, it was it was a strange strange one. I went from from uh, university there in in Lindenwood. I went back home and played for my club Randwick for. Uh, a season we ended up winning the comp that year but at the end of the year um, a coach that was at Randwick Wade Kelly used to used to coach uh, a few very good teams in Australia and through this Scots rugby system he was heading over to coach in Spain and he had a player drop out last minute and he needed a fullback to go over and I was like I was playing well at the time I guess and and yeah, he, he hit me up and was like, would, would it be something you're interested in? And literally, I was on the plane and five, five days later, got over there, was just on the tourist visa, trying to sort out like everything to get me 
cleared to play and it was a very good experience that's sick and so Randwick was that like I know a bit about Australia club yeah. footy but is that like were you playing prems or what was the comp you were in there yeah so it's it's the shoot shield it's it's sort oh, of yeah. like it's like the feeder club uh the feeder comp for super rugby there so for the Waratahs all the all the Waratahs players that are maybe just on the fringe would be playing shoot shield so it's a it's a very tough competition yeah and did you sus like when you were say leaving high school getting involved with the Taz 20s that you'd like want to play rugby full time yeah i i don't know i was never never like completely committed to playing rugby full time i was always working doing other stuff on the side um i was always had intentions of doing a degree which i'm actually still doing <laughs> 8 years later i'll get there and uh yeah i don't know it just like with these rugby the way my rugby career worked, I just took my chances as they came, sort of. I just took the opportunities that were given to me and it, and it sort of, it worked out for me. Yeah. And uh, so when you were back, like Randwick playing Prems, is that like you get, it's not like not professional or the shoot shield, like match fees or? Uh, I think some, some players would get match fees. Randwick have a really good system with a university there. So you would, you'd be, you'd be able to stay in the dorms for free or you'd get some discounted uh, university fees or, or whatever it was. Okay, because I've heard a ton about that club. It was Eddie Jones, uh, Cheka. Yeah, like very famous. Churned out wallabies, countless wallabies. Um, we, we, like, when I was at Randwick, we've, we had four or five English fellas, a few a few Irish lads come through and, and play because it's the off-season for for the rugby over here. So they'd shoot over to Aussie and I, I guess Randwick's an appealing club because we're both based in Coogee Beach. You're literally playing on the water. Yeah, nice. And then uh, Spain, how was that? I suppose pretty random, you know. Did you ever uh, <laughs> think you'd be going ahead to play rugby in Spain? I actually didn't even know there was a professional setup in Spain at the time. And uh, I was only 19 when I was there, but it was surprisingly difficult. I was, I thought like everyone thinks of Spain, you think of soccer. And when I got there, the team I played for was Odisea Rugby. It's just outside of San Sebastian. So it's a hell of a spot. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't think that the, the quality of rugby would, would be so high. I, I was shocked by it. And, and our team, we had maybe four or five international players. So we had um, a few, we had a Samoan fella, we had me, we had uh, three or four South African guys that were there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was surprisingly difficult. Yeah, so is that like a, a Spain premier, like top league? And so you're traveling all around Spain? Yeah, so the, the league's called Division de Honor, and it's their their top league. So it's a it's a pro league now, and um, we yeah we played all over. We played. <laughs> I remember looking at the the fixtures and seeing we're versing FC Barcelona, and I was like, <laughs> same logo and everything. Oh, same. Yeah. So we versed Barcelona. We went to uh, Burgos, which is like down in the south. Most of the teams we versed were along the uh, west coast there. But yeah, you, you got to travel all, all over. Madrid, we played in a couple of times. 
That's sick. And so what was this setup like? Like was were the four or five of you like full time? Yeah, it was it was uh, I think it was sort of split through the middle. Most like all the the local boys would be full time workers. Yeah. And then come and play. And we only had the five or six of us who were contracted players, but we were full time and we had Wade there who was a full time coach. So we were we were training like every day, every morning. They put us up um, in accommodation and we'd, we'd get paid all, all right enough to get by. But it was more the experience that I think everyone sort of signed up for there. Yeah, that's pretty sick at 19, though. Like, yeah, going over and like you're a full, full-time full rugby player. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's, I think, I think that's how Wade actually got, got me hooked on it. Yeah, don't need to work back home, come over, travel around Spain and everything looked after. Yeah, imagine saying no to that. Yeah. And so how long did you spend there? I just did this, the one season. So it was from like August, yeah, August to August. Yeah, so we, I think our, our season finished in June, which is European summer over here. And then I had some, some of my best mates from Australia coming over. So I just stayed in Europe for an extra couple, couple of months and enjoyed that. Yeah, spent, nice one. Spent all the money I made, lost it all. <laughs> and then uh, what was the plan after? Did you just decide to, that, like, that was cool, enjoyed it, but go back home? Yeah, I, so I, I was never going to re-sign there. Um, so I headed back home because I did take a year off doing any sort of study. So I thought I'd better try and get back into that. And I was playing, what happened was a guy that the university I go to, uh, UTS, University of Technology in Sydney, a guy there contacted me about playing a, a university games sevens tournament, which is just like, a, it's a bit of a, like you're drinking more than you're playing rugby sort of thing. And um, it was in Perth. So I was like, geez, I'll, I'll go to that. Why not? Went over for the week and our team ended up winning it. But like the standard was all right, but it, we still had to verse some pretty good teams in the end. Um, but we won that. And then I think I got, I got named in the Australian university schools team or something. And we played a, a tournament in Adelaide. And that was versing New South Wales, versing Queensland, ACT, all the professional sort of sevens teams. And we ended up, we ended up winning it. Yeah, we ended up, no, we ended up coming second, but we were long outsiders. We were not even supposed to make it through the pools. And we ended up coming second to Queensland, but I got player of the tournament. And that's where Andy Friend, who was coach of the Australian sevens team at the time, um, actually saw me play for the first time and invited me to come down to, to training with the sevens team. Yeah. Sick. So how many uh, sevens comps had you played kind of? <laughs> Two. <laughs> and one was the university games in Perth where we were drinking beers before the game. Wow. That's mad. So, so you just went back to like go to school and you were just like, I'll play the rugby on as well yeah. as. That's it. Yeah, sick. And so then, uh, how was that? So you got like a trial, was it, with the Aussie Sevens? Yeah, so I, I, the way that the season was working, it was, so that tournament that I got invited to train with after, it was the start of the Sevens season. 
the professional seven season and the, the series and the team was going to Dubai the next week and they, were, they had an in, uh, invitational team that play in the invitational comp there. I don't know if you've seen it. That's a massive comp played just outside the main grounds. And it's, there's some good quality there. Like most of the teams take their reserve players to just play in that to get some match fitness and stuff. Um, so I got invited to go with Tribe, a, a team that are based in Queensland, but they're all the Australian sevens leftover sort of guys. So we went and we, we won the comp there. And then I played another couple tournaments and, and uh, I got offered the professional contract. So I signed that straight away. So then it was like CU University again. Yeah, basically. basically. <laughs> Seriously. That's why I'm still here eight years later. Yeah, nice. And um that's sick. So with the or with the professional sevens, you say like the Brumbies, all that. Is there like uh sevens comp? Like can you get paid playing sevens outside of the Aussie team? I die. Or I don't getting paid, yeah. It's it's a yeah, you wouldn't be on a, a contract for those. I'm that's this is my guess, unless it's something small or short term. Um but the, the teams were made up of, so there was like a New, a New South Wales Waratahs, a Queensland, an ACT team. Um, I think there might have even been a Northern Territory team. There was a, um, an Indigenous team in Australia as well. And I think it's these sort of teams are made up of players that are pursuing a sevens career particularly, not a, not a 15s career or anything like that. Um, and I'm, I don't think they're paid. I'd say they'd get like uh free travel and accommodation for the tournaments yeah yeah because i just remember like when i left ireland like six years ago there was no sevens really there's like one or two competitions during the summer but it sounds like the competitions where you're drinking beer you know you're it's yeah. not that serious i've heard about the irish ones yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so did you travel a bit with the tribe or with other teams before yeah. you were kind of fully on the series yeah, so I, I, I was the first time I signed with the Australian Sevens team professionally was from 2017. So most of the end of 2016, I was with Tribe and traveling. And even during that first season of uh, Sevens with, in 2017, I was still with Tribe because I couldn't break into the main team at the time. So I was still traveling with them and we got some very good tournaments in we played i think we played in um borneo in indonesia, <laughs> indonesia malaysia we played in um the dubai trip was probably the highlight one we played in las vegas as well where we won that comp as well um those were the three biggest ones that we got to go on with tribe Nice. And so you were full-time at that, at that time, training with Aussie Sevens, you're a full-time Sevens player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the Sevens program would organise your flights and stuff and then um, you'd, you'd link up with the Tribe team. And by that time, I'd, most of the team were made up of uh, contracted Sevens players, filtered in for, with a few club players that were, were aspiring to make it up to the professional sort of level. 
nice one. And then you're saying 2017, but was it pretty quickly then you broke into the Aussie Sevens and were you nominated for World Player of the Year in that yeah, first that, year? That was next year, yeah. So it was 2017 was when I first signed. I, I went that that first whole season. I, I couldn't get into the team. The team were were very good at the time and I was just lucky that a few guys moved on to Super Rugby contracts and uh, moved out of the team. So a few spots opened up and I got a start and um, it was that 2018 season, which was my first season that I was nominated for player of the year. Yeah, out of nowhere. How was that, like stepping onto the world stage? Yeah, it was, I was scary. I, I can still remember my first game was in Dubai, we were versing Wales and, and I hadn't start, actually started many seven games, sevens games before. So I was usually coming off the bench and um, Friendy started me for this first one and I was like, oh, geez. It was first play, first setup, first game, first kickoff. Our, our captain at the time, James Stannard, kicked off and was, was like, you chase this one kicked off and I just jumped it landed perfectly and and then I was like geez all right I'm here I can do this like yeah nice one so like straight up you just got into the game and then you're just like all right all good that was it and what what I really struggled with with the first year was my fitness I just the the game is so fast sevens compared to 15s and anything like so it did take a year and a half to even get up to up to speed to to survive the 14 minutes of a game basically so that's that's what i think helped me the most getting into the professional setup yeah and even with like training and that was it still once you're just playing it was a big step of fitness wise oh every game you'd, you'd think after doing it for so many years training so much harder you get to a game and it'd be easy Every game you are on your haunches. Yeah. And how was traveling around on the circuit? How did you enjoy that? It is a very cool experience. You, yeah, you get to see some, some pretty cool spots, um, make some pretty good contacts and, and relationships all over the world there. What was your favorite spot? I think the, the best to play in would be Hong Kong by far. I was lucky... The, the year before when I was still with Tribe, I, I got to go to Hong Kong and play with the classic Wallabies team. So it was made up of Wallabies that I'd watched growing up. You had, I think our, our coach was Justin Harrison at the time. We had Wendell Saylor playing, Morgan Turanui, um, Pat Phipps. We had um, Stephen Hoyles all playing in this team, like Wallaby legends. And then a few of us, young sevens players that were thrown in there to do all the running basically and make all their tackles. Yeah, that's sick. And how um, quickly did you feel like that you were all good at that level, like playing on the series, like, you know, first game you're nervous, but then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like I was like, we had a few lead up tournaments before my, my actual debut and we were versing like some international teams. So we played, I think the, th the three lead up tournaments to my debut, we were in San Jose in uh, America and we won the comp and we adversed the national American team. Um, Fiji had a team there. 
and we we played well and beaten them and just being able to experience playing against the pros that have been doing it for years. Um, and then we also had a tournament in October, Oktoberfest in Munich, oh, which nice. we also won, which was, which was ridiculous. We had some of the best teams in the world there, like England and uh, even a team that was surprisingly good, Chile played and they were very good. But that was probably what helped me the most, I think, those two lead-up tournaments, knowing that, like, it was sort of like a, it's literally a trial run before everyone's watching you because no one really knew about these tournaments. So you sort of got through those and thought, oh, geez, like, I'm, I think I'll be all right on the main stage here. Yeah, nice one. And what was the toughest team you played on the series? Um, I'd say New Zealand, the, the All Black Sevens, they're just, they've got everything. They had speed, they're smart, they've got better feet, <laughs> faster, somehow bigger and somehow fitter. Don't know how, but they were more of a relentless sort of team. You knew you weren't going to win by much. And if you lost, you were probably just going to lose. They're always tight and tough games. Um, and then obviously versing Fiji is a different story. Um, you sort of, you sort of think you've you finally made the best tackle of your life on a Fijian fella, and then you look up and the the other guys running under the post and scoring. Yeah, some of their offloading is absolutely ridiculous, especially in the sevens game. Oh, they they are unrivaled. Yeah. And was it like year to year when you're in the sevens? Is it like one year contracts? Are you going like year to year, just taking as it comes? Yeah, I think my my first one was a one year contract, and then that year, that first year I played, I I got named for player of the year, so I actually signed a two year from there. Um, but yes, some players will sign a couple year deals. I think a lot of the time at their shorter deals, you don't really hear of a big three year sort of deal being being made yeah and then so what friendy was there and then he moved left uh the year before and then brought you over to connacht he came he was there he left 2019 i think um and then i still had another year with the sevens which which i got through and then um i was coming off contract and we were talking about I was I was ready to move into 15s um, and it just lined up perfectly that Frandy needed a, a back to come over to, to Connacht here and and it was, it was as easy as that. I just took the next opportunity that came. Yeah, nice one. And what when you say like you're ready to move to 15s, why was that? I think set like sevens at the time, I'd, I'd just gone through an injury with, with my knee. I just tore my ACL. So I was still coming back from that and I'd always wanted to get back into 15s at some stage um, and I, th I think this was just a time I'd say with sevens like I say it's a, a young man's game because it's a lot of traveling and it's tough on the body but there are still the older fellas out there that have been doing it for years no worries I think yeah it was just time for me to move back into 15s yeah and how have you found that um it was 
harder than I thought to start with. They're completely different games. Um, the whole tactics behind it, the whole uh, fitness, your strength, everything is completely different. Even your skill set changes completely. In three years of sevens, I'd never need to kick a ball. I barely needed to hit a ruck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was having to make tackles in a lot of space. That changed pretty quickly when you come into 15s. You're having to run into three 120-kilo blokes and you'd have to kick. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to hit rucks, which aren't fun. And yeah, a lot of emphasis probably on defense as well compared to what you'd be used to even like growing up playing 15s. Yeah, 100%, especially over here. Yeah. Northern Hemisphere. Um, even I'd say it'd be a very different game compared, compared to uh, back home in Australia, tactics-wise and, and everything. And do you play any um, AIL or anything or have you just been with Connacht? Just with Connacht, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if this is right, but I actually don't think I'm allowed to play any AIL or, or anything. Oh, are As you a um, player? Yeah, I'm not oh, sure. You're not, I would say, with the, with the name like O'Donnell, I thought there'd be some Irish in there somewhere. But uh... I thought as well, we, we were digging through it because it was supposed to help the visa situation and everything. But I missed out by one generation. It was great grandma that was the Irish one from Donegal. Oh, okay. So if it's a grandparent, you, you qualify. Yeah, that's it. So we were one off. All oh, right, right. Yeah. And uh, how have you been finding Galway besides that? Yeah, good, mate. Galway's unreal. I'd say you get four seasons, well, eight seasons of weather in one day, in one hour, basically. But the city is unbelievable. It's, I'd say, if it was one. If it had the climate year round, it'd be one of the most popular European cities in the world. But it's almost a good thing it, it doesn't have that climate because you still got like that quiet sort of homier feel in the city. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing with Ireland. Yeah, if you got the weather, but as you say, it could be sunny and then it's wind and rain and hail. Actually. Yeah. And uh, what you get up to outside of rugby there? Um. Um, I love playing golf. Like I'm a big golfer, um, although I've have, haven't played for about three months because of the bloody winter over here. You can barely hold a club, or you can barely get out on the course because it's pissing rain. Um, and then studying, basically, that's that's what I've been trying to do, trying to catch up over here. And so, are you doing online through? the university back in Oz, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, they're, they're actually really accommodating U UTS. They've got a elite athlete program that I'm a member of. So they've been able to like allow me to sort of study at my own pace sort of thing, um, which has been ideal for here. Yeah, nice one. And do a few of the other boys in the team play golf? There are a few few golfers in the team. Few, few good, few not so good. Who's one the good and one the not so good? Well, the best would be Shane Bolton, the uh, new uh, South African. Well, he's Irish qualified, but a South African fellow that, that's just come over. He is unbelievable. I think he was playing off three or, or two or three oh. when he was a bit younger. Um, and the not so good, there's a few. 
Uh, Gavin Thornbury, big second rower. Looks like he could hit the ball a mile, but he needs to hit the ball first. <laughs> and uh, and who else have we got? Um, Tom Farrell. I've played with him. Oh, yeah. He, I remember the first time we were standing on the tee. He grabbed the club and was holding it with the hurling grip, with the left hand low, right hand. I thought he was trying to take the piss. I thought he was playing it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah, boy, Tommy. Um, and what's it like being coached by Andy Friend? I hear great things. He's, I'd say Friendy is a really good uh, like team. Uh, what's the word? He'd, he'd be a really good, like, Friendy's coaching style is sort of based on relationships. He's really good with the team and, and, uh, and the culture. He likes to build, like, relationships on the field but also off the pitch which is which i think is very beneficial for for any team environment yeah 100 percent. and are there any things that you like do off the field to help build that or that he's organized um it's been tough the last year through like the covid situation if we've been doing we'd had to do meetings on i, I remember when i first got here i hadn't met anyone in person for a while because we had oh, to do yeah. meetings on online and we were training from home so um it actually has been tough but i think just just putting together like some some social gatherings and stuff for players and even staff to meet and mingle like it it's a one club sort of sort of drive from uh from friendy which is which is good that's mad that so you landed over in Galway in Ireland and you like went to house accommodation as like log on to zoom and train in your back garden the first because I, I got here and it was in the thick of it here and and I had to stay at the Connacht hotel for the first two and a half weeks where I was doing like the isolation period and at the time I was still rehabbing my knee so I was FaceTiming my, my rehab and physio doing exercises while they were leaning at the screen going, yeah, that looks good. And then I'd have to go run and then I'd come back and talk to them about how the run went. And then I'd log on to a meeting and, and everyone's cameras were off. Thank God. It wasn't this, <laughs> this one guy logged on with my, with my mug there in front of everyone, but everyone's cameras off. And I was like, Oh God, just, in the background waiting to get like buzzing to get into training to actually meet people in person yeah and so how, how long was that a few weeks yeah it's just two weeks two weeks of that yeah and uh, is all that COVID stuff kind of finished with like isolated groups like I remember hearing like that it was like training groups of six and then groups of ten and it seemed really tough yeah that that was hard at the start at the time I was I was still rehabbing so I was with the rehab group and we're in that smaller sort of group anyway but i do remember the boys working through like pods and, and groups of six or something you weren't allowed in the gym at the same time you weren't we weren't allowed to shower at training you had to get out and i didn't have a car at the time either so i was just standing out in the rain basically <laughs> uh, and what's it like um rehabbing and that when you're when you're in the squad is that tough like being in a little rehab group when all the other rest of the boys are training. Yeah, it, it is tough. And most players would have gone through it at some stage. I reckon 
the best thing clubs do is, is try to keep those players in the loop a bit because you can sort of fall out of the group a little bit. Um, but I think it's the the scheduling is is the only thing that I didn't like. You, you're sort of scheduled on your own accord. You're, you're not linked up with a team anymore. So you, you might be in on days that the guys are not in. You might be training while they're doing a meeting or something, or your gym might be at six o'clock in the morning while no one else is there. So you, you sort of, I think you just miss the, the social sort of side where you see everyone. But at the same time, you sort of, meet new people that are also doing uh, their rehab at the same time. Um, and you get more personal with those sort of guys, which is cool when you finally do promote yourself and get out of that group. It's sort of a, a win for, for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you that um, like, yeah, you're with the other 40 boys and then you're kind of pushed off and you'd be with a group of six. Yeah. It could be tough. That's it. I wonder what the what could we do? like it seems to be common enough, but what could I suppose injured players could like help out in the gym or help out in training to be more involved? Yeah, even like uh, I'd seen injured players run drills sometimes on on field while the while the team are doing it. I think a good one here, most of the injured players will join the unit sessions, even if they can't run or can't train, they'll at least watch on and and like even help out with with whatever the drill at the time is um, just so you're still in the loop. You're not missing any detail or anything and you, you're keeping your skills up at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And what's been your most enjoyable period playing? Um, uh, all rugby. Uh, I, oh, they're all different. Like I could say Spain, like I had carefree rugby there in the sun um i could say sevens the end of my career end of my time at the sevens where all the guys in the team were my best mates we were <laughs> going on it felt like holiday work holidays to all these exotic places um i'd say my best moment would be when we won the sydney sevens in in 2018 uh, just because it was our home tournament, Australia hadn't won that tournament for ever, I believe. Um, I had family over that I hadn't seen for a while, so it was that was would have been my my best weekend of rugby, I think. Yeah, that's sick. And you know, you say they're like playing carefree. It seems I don't know, like you and a lot of other Aussie boys that come over to the Northern Hemisphere do play like that. But is it a bit more? Um, pressure on when you're in i don't know more professional environments what do you mean like like say play, playing loose and carefree and just being yourself versus like i gotta this is my role i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta be here i gotta do this in this play be here in defense play this yeah. way versus i'm sure when you're in lindenwood or in spain you're probably more doing whatever yeah. you feel yeah yeah i think yeah, I, just because Lindenwood and and Spain weren't as a professional setups as as Connacht and the Sevens obviously are, um, you can get away with a lot more. But I I also would say players that have come over here, Australians and 
and other foreigners that have come over here and, and done well playing that sort of rugby. The perfect example is Mac Hansen from this year. Um, it's not like, it's not by fluke that he's come over and he can do all this freakish stuff. It's because he knows all that, that small detail sort of stuff where I have to be, what I have to do here, what the next play is. When you know all that sort of stuff, he knows when he can do the, the flary sort of stuff. So it's a lot that goes into it before even you see the freakish offload or the chip and chase or something. He knows he can do that because he's done all the other stuff before it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, when you know all your detail and you, you're doing all the right things, then the opportunities present themselves to... Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, put yourself in the position. You put yourself in that position because you've done A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And going forward in your career, do you just same, like see what opportunities come up, play it by ear, see how you go? Yeah, it, it's, it has sort of rolled out like that again because I, I did just sign a deal to go back to Australia. So at the end of this season, I'll be back with the ACT Brumbies sick which is a very cool very cool team to be a part of like trying to explain it to irish guys over here i've been calling them the leinster of of super rugby over there oh that's unreal yeah congrats because i grew up um watching like george greig and stephen larkham like the brumbies were the team oh yeah and it's funny you mentioned stephen larkham because he's actually the head coach next year and he was the one that just signed me so He's moving back from, from Munster assistant coach role now and uh, heading back to coach the Brumbies next year. Oh, unreal. Congrats. That's class. Yeah. And so how did that come about? Just out, like, do you have an agent or how does, how does that yeah, move I, come? I've got an agent, but I, I did know uh, Stephen Larkham from Australia. He had, he had come on a couple sevens tours with us and, uh, and worked with us before. Um, and, he, I think he had just heard through the windmill that my contract was up at the end of the year and it sort of just went from there. Yeah. Nice. So how, how long have you signed for over there? It'll be a two year, two year deal there. And maybe finish school while you're at it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for your time, Ben, but unreal chatting. A couple of quick questions. Any, would you give any advice to an 18-year-old, say, I don't know, leaving high school in Australia or Ireland? Um, I would say, like, <laughs> it did work out for me, but the traditional route into professional rugby, I think, is, is really changing at the moment. You don't have to play 18s nationally. You don't have to play 20s, 21s to to fall into a, a professional contract. You don't have to go through the sub academy, the academy, the development contract. There are other ways to do it. Um, and I think it's changing a lot. Back years ago, that was probably the only way in. Um, but now there's so many opportunities overseas, uh, even at different clubs within one, one nation. I think just don't settle for getting told no sort of at one club, you can push yourself around and, and challenge yourself elsewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. I fully agree with that. They're great points. And uh, yeah, like you were saying all along, like just taking opportunities and challenging yourself a bit, like stepping up grades. 
yeah, that's it. That that would be the biggest one that's that's worked out for me was when I took an opportunity, when I was given an opportunity, I just took it and I went all in. Didn't matter what it was. It was a a rugby scholarship in America or a professional setup in Spain. Um, I took it and I went all in and and it worked out there. Yeah, that's that's sick. And uh, yeah, because it's interesting, like you say, with the traditional roots, like when I was growing up, that's what I would have seen and thought as well. But like playing with Connacht is unreal, but then the Brumbies even is more unreal for you. But uh, yeah, there's a young lad growing up in Australia. You're playing with the Brumbies now, but look at the root, you know? Uh, it's not, and like, it's not like it was handed. To, I was rejected from the Waratahs. Like, you don't, you don't just... I don't know, you don't put your head down and, and sort of give up there. That's like that's not the only way is, is the best way to say it. Yeah, it's unreal. And has what's been the toughest point in your career, toughest time? Um, it it would have been the the knee injury. I, I tore an ACL in 2020, the start of 2020, um, in the lead up to the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. Oh. So I tore it. I think it was seven months before the tournament was supposed to go on, which normal recovery time for an ACL would be nine months minimum. And I remember speaking to the surgeon at the time, just saying like, what are the chances and trying to rush it through. Um, That would have been the darkest time knowing an injury was keeping me out of playing an Olympic games for Australia. Um, But other side of the other side of the coin, (laughs) <laughs> the tournament actually got camped or well, pushed back a year because of COVID. Um, so I didn't end up going because I signed with Connacht, but yeah, it, that was the hardest time easily. Yeah. I've been there at injuries too. I understand it, but anything that helped get through it? Um, I don't know. I had, uh, when I was going through this one, I had a really good group at the time at the sevens. Um, I had another couple of guys that were going through long-term injuries and we we're all sort of on similar um, schedules and similar roadmaps or sort of all looking back like at, at returning at similar times. So I think that was the best part was sort of making a little team with, with the other guys that were injured and, and uh and working together there yeah that's a good point yes chatting the other boys and getting through it with them versus kind of isolating yourselves yeah 100 percent. yeah well hey lad thanks Emil, for your time been unreal chatting and i uh, really appreciate it no 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 worries mate cheers for clicking in today i really enjoyed getting to have a chat with ben it's as I mentioned in the intro, unreal the journey he has had so far in the game. And he alluded to towards the end that the journey to pro rugby is changing. That's what he's seen. And yeah, I fully agree. And yeah, if you have setbacks, it's that's all they are is a little bump in the road or a setback and just go a different direction. And yeah, there's so many opportunities out there. Like he said, he went to Spain uh, playing professionally there. On a full-time deal you can go to portugal hong kong south america north america loads of different places in europe um there's just so many different opportunities 
that you can pursue if pursuing rugby is what you want to do. So, yeah, setbacks are going to happen. They're unavoidable, but just keep plugging forward, keep pushing. If you would like an extra podcast from me each week on the mental side of the game to help you with your mindset, help you become more confident, have more self-belief, overcome setbacks when they do occur, then sign up to the first 15 on Patreon. The link is in the show notes here and you can also get it at patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. If you have any questions about the podcast, any questions in general around mindset and performance, anyone you'd like me to have on, send me a DM on Instagram. That's the best way to get me. My Instagram is at offfieldrugby. As I mentioned in the intro, if you would leave a rating and a review for the podcast, that'd be unreal. I'd really, really appreciate it. It takes 30 seconds or a minute just mention what you enjoyed about this episode or the podcast in general and that really does help it really helps um, the different platforms show people who want to see a rugby podcast essentially and just show them this one and they can check it out too so yeah we'd greatly appreciate if you would jump on and do that sending it on to friends or into your whatsapp group is also really really appreciate it of course and yeah just thanks a mil for being here greatly appreciate you clicking in sharing stuff on social media all that stuff i see it and yeah thank you so much really appreciate it